With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Guess what I have right in front of me? Hypothetical Super Bowl matchup odds and the point spreads. This courtesy of DraftKings. I'll have that for you coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Good morning at the... Those of you watching on Peacock, download the app if you haven't done so. You can watch the program. The road to WrestleMania starts with the Royal Rumble. Watch 30 men, 30 women fight for the championship opportunities live Saturday, the 27th at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. A kickoff show at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, only on Peacock. Royal Rumble. Let's get ready to Royal Rumble. All right. Poll question for hour two coming up. Uh, we say good morning to our radio affiliates. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone call. Seton, what are we going to have for hour two? I think Paul's got a very exciting new game to play. Okay. Um, we can do poll or new game, Dan, whichever you choose. Hmm. They're both lightly entertaining. I've got two polls, if okay. you'd like, and then we can go to the game. Uh, this just in from Tom Palacero, NFL Network. The Green Bay Packers will not have Joe Barry back as their defensive coordinator. That according to sources. So that's all we have. Not sure if that was expected, if he's moving on to another job, but uh, he will not be back. Also, Jim Harbaugh with a second interview with the Chargers and uh, Josina Anderson, CBS Sports, said that... uh, the interview last night lasted several hours in Los Angeles and may may have included dinner. Maybe dinner? Maybe oh, dinner. He's definitely going there now. <laughs> Maybe dinner and a movie. But Harbaugh played for the Chargers for a couple of years and uh, 12 years of his uh, coaching career spent in the state of California. But uh, also CBS Sport is uh, reporting. <laughs> Come on. 
What? Did you say sport? CBS, no, no, no. CBS Sports. Okay, sorry. No. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has a nine-year contract that would pay him $11.5 million annually. Right now, he's the 12th highest paid coach in college football with an $8.3 million salary. But uh, I don't know if he's using it for leverage, but if he is, he's earned that right. Uh, but it started to feel a little bit more of a finality that Jim would be going to the NFL yesterday. At least, that's what happens. It's it's this groundswell. Somebody may say something. Somebody says something. Something, something, something. Then it becomes a report. Now it's real. But I don't know if Jim is deciding, uh, if I go, who am I bringing with me? Am I bringing people from the staff at Michigan? Is Michigan making its best and final offer here? Does it even matter what the money is right now? If Jim gets what he wants with the Chargers... Is he going to the Chargers? All right, Seton, go ahead. If you were Dan Orlovsky, would you take a quarterback, uh, like a coaching job in the NFL, coordinator, quarterbacks coach, something similar, yeah. uh, or keep your ESPN gig? Oh, I think if he wants it, and it certainly sounds like he wants it, that, yeah, you take that job. I mean, it's it's not Monday Night Football. It's, it's not a big job that, is going to pay you a lot. I mean, you know, John Gruden got paid a lot of money by ESPN. And he decided to go back into coaching. And, you know, once you leave that job, if somebody comes in and they're successful, it's hard to get that job back. Dan Orlovsky could get that job back on NFL Live. But um, I think he wants to be coaching in the NFL. I think he wants to be an offensive coordinator and maybe eventually a head coach. He's 40 years old. Yes. I mean, he can still coach for another 25 years. Yes. And I think that he's been trying. He's putting out feelers, and he said he's been sort of unofficially contacted by some teams. And, and look, I would bring him in just for an interview. That's, if I'm an owner or a GM I, or a coach, I, I want input. I want somebody to tell me what they see that I might not see. And I think having all these interviews, and if you have 10 candidates, you may be only considering three or two. But you might get something out of somebody that you remember or that person and how they interviewed. But, yeah, come on in and tell me about my team. What would you do? What's different? You know, where's our weakness? Like, those are things that I would want to know. All right, we'll get to uh, phone calls coming up. What Did you have another poll question? or is it? We still have a poll question and Paul's game oh. if you want to get to that. We could go to other things, though, if you're... Okay. Uh, what's the other poll question? If you were a head coach, would you rely on analytics or your gut? I'd have to do both. But you can't. You're, it's a decision. Oh, okay. That's why it's a, an either-or. You either, you're in a situation right now, okay, and the analytics are telling you one thing and your gut is telling you another and the play clock is ticking. Which one are you going to go with? It feels like analytics is a bad word in sports. Because it's it's not a sports word. It's, oh, my God, analytics. Oh, here are the nerds. I, I would rely on analytics. But, but not cut and dried, no gut feeling, because I also, you have to factor in who's the one who's going for the two-point conversion. Uh, is everybody out there? If Travis Kelsey's not out there, am I going for two? Uh, or, you know, I'll kick the extra point. Like Mike Evans, they score a touchdown, Tampa Bay, and then they went back to him for the two-point conversion. 
Well, analytics say, all right, I got Mike Evans there. That's an advantage. It didn't work. So I think it matters who's the one calling the fake punt. Am I at home? Am I on the road? Is it first half, second half? I just think there's you got to factor in things instead of going, it's cut and dried, these are the numbers. Okay, I'm going to do this. I think you have to have some kind of intuition, some kind of gut feeling. Because if you just go hardcore, and I've seen this way too much in baseball. It is so analytics-driven that it drives me crazy. Because you're going to go, yep, I'm going to take him out. Why? Well, it says to. Boom. Next guy comes in, gives up a home run. I've seen more managers lose more games by going by the book instead of, I'm going to leave him in there. You know, face another couple of batters there. And you don't have that. It, it feels like they're paralyzed by analytics. Like, oh, God, he's, he's throwing pretty well. But, nope, it says I got a lefty and against a lefty, and uh, I'm not going to take that chance. Uh, I'm going to pull him. Yes, Todd. A coach or manager, except for the longtime veteran, like Hall of Fame types, they can kind of hide behind going with analytics, too. If you go by guts, like, why did you do that? I got this feeling, as opposed to saying all the numbers suggested to do that. So you can almost use that as a little bit of a crutch going with what a computer says versus a gut. Thank you, Todd. And my gut has betrayed me many times, so I would go with analytics. <laughs> Josh in Pennsylvania. Hi, Josh. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, hey Fritzy and the boys. Um, I had a question for you. It seems that since the uh, first of the year, Fritzy is uh, not making as many comments and chiming in. I was wondering if you put him on a pitch clock, or is that a uh, New Year's resolution? Hmm. Like a word count. Um, no, I haven't. And I don't know if Todd is maybe policing himself here to say less. I've tried to be more cognizant of not saying things for the sake of saying things, which I don't think I've done before. But there have been times where there are certain topics where, you know, the rest of you guys got something going and I don't need to jump in just to throw in my opinion for every single thing we're debating. All right. Thank you, Todd. So that, if that clears things up. <laughs> it's not about some days I feel like talking. Other days I'm very shy. Okay. So this is a strategy that you have for the new year. Yeah, the cognizant would be the word of like, you know, is this something you really have to say that's worthwhile or are you just trying to get a fourth Danet voice in here? So I'm trying, I hope I'm doing a good job at that. Yes, Eaton. And these are the uh, comments that make the cut? <laughs> I don't know. <It's... laughs> and that's maybe another reason why I try not to talk as much because I get made fun of for my speech impediment. Is this... Is On this, and off the air is throughout this, the entire day. This just to avoid being voted so. the least valuable Danet. No, it's not. It's not about that at all. I actually embrace the least valuable Danette. It's just a you, you know, do. Yeah, the combination of the sound effects of my whatever's going on in my mouth and my tongue, and the thank you, Todd. And there's a lot of reasons why I would be like, you know what? Maybe you don't say something here. It is interesting sure. how I'm not encouraged really to talk a lot. Todd cannot even say anything, and you'll just walk by him and go. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. Just slightly insensitive, but I'm going to you, know, you get past these things. You can't. <laughs> Dang, why do you just do that? It's like if I walk with a limp and he goes by like hobbling past me. Like, really? I got a limp. I have a genetic defect in my knee. What are you doing? Uh, so Todd is on a self-imposed word count there. I think we all win from that. Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. As and long the as audience. We agree. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, are you on a song count, too? Like the number of times you I'm always sing. ready to sing and do yeah, impersonations. Yeah, well, that's a There's problem, no, too. That's a problem. There's no count. Although the Doc Rivers impersonation, came, you know, that came in handy today. If I should sue CNN Sports, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Doc Rivers. I don't have a deal with the Bucks or anybody right now. Doc Rivers was uh, mentioned last night by a, an outfit called CNN Sports that doesn't outfit. exist anymore. That outfit doesn't fit me. Yeah. Wow. That Doc Rivers is going to take over the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I hope he does just so CNN Sports can continue to break news. So you have all of these insiders. You're paying Woj and Shams all of this money and somebody named CNN Sports with the scoop. Yes, Marvin. Can I ask another poll question that has nothing to do with anything? You just did. Okay. Who's dined out more off of their one title, the 08 Celtics or the 85 Bears? Oh, the 85 Bears. Yeah. I mean, you go into Boston – and they're, you know, they, they have so many banners, so many championships. You go into Chicago, they got one. Maybe it's just an age thing because I don't remember the 85 Bears, but boy. All you have to do is go into Chicago. They'll remind you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they'll remind you. They get further and further away from that Super Bowl every year. Sid in Texas. Hi, Sid. What's on your mind today? Uh, hey, Dan. Uh, good morning. Uh, 510 uh, Uh Thank you for answering my question uh, on the greatest hitter of all time, uh, Babe Ruth. I wanted to add that uh, there's this uh, player. Uh, he's a junior in high school at Rio Hondo High School. He batted 508 last year, and his brother led the nation in pitching uh, strikeouts. Uh, he's, in George, uh, he's in Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, Caleb and Josh Laster, those guys. All righty. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. <laughs> there are so many, so many kids who were great in high school, and they were only great in high school. Let me know when he gets to the, to the show. You know, every, every community, every town, every city has that guy. Man, that guy, he's going to the majors. And then he doesn't go to the majors. A lot of guys, they peak when they're in high school. And, and look, Sid, thank you for the phone call. But you know, that feels like a local story, not one that we really care about. But we'll keep an eye on that. Yes, Mark. And all those guys, so say if you go to spring training and there's a bunch of guys that get cut, they're the best players <laughs> that town has ever seen. <laughs> Correct. They are ridiculously yes. good. Yeah. And they can't even sniff the majors. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the 1%, even less than that. John on a yacht join, joining us, which I think is the first on a yacht phone call that we've received. Hi, John. Dan, how are you, Dan Epps? How it's big nice is the yacht? Here. How big is the yacht? Uh, it's 245 feet, sir. That's a super and yacht. I'm, it sure is, and I'm 6 feet 190. All right. Is it uh, your, John, it? John, is it your yacht? Oh, come on, Dan. No, no, no. Oh. I work for a wealthy, uh, rich woman. That's all I can say. So. Now, where are you right now on the yacht? Uh, currently transiting uh, just south of the Bahamas to St. Bart's. Dang. Okay. Thank you, uh, Elon Musk and Starlink, and I can speak to you. So. All right. Well, what's on your mind, John, on a yacht? Uh, well, before I ask my uh, poll question, do you think we could get some CGI done on Fritzy? Because I heard that story yesterday about his wife. I want to see what Fritzy looked like when she first saw Fritzy. Can we do this, Dan? Can we, we get? We've, we've shown a picture, John. We, we've shown a picture when Fritzy was a camp counselor with his shirt off, 
Full head of hair? That was pre, you know, dating my, my wife. Okay. So she, uh, she started getting me on the, uh, on the downside, down the back end. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think of a nice way to say it. Yeah, so we, we have a, the before picture with Fritzy, and then obviously this is the after. The before, he was, he was a beef, beefcake Mark Ruffalo, the actor. He, he would have been considered hunky, John. Hunky. Hunky. Yeah. Hmm. Lucky. Well, she's a lucky woman. Yeah. Now chunky. Yes, Todd. By the way, CW has John on a yacht Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. You might want to check that out. John on a yacht on the CW. What? Once again, I thought we were yeah, cutting back. Right. They asked for it. They, the callers asked for you, more Todd. You, no, they didn't. I was encouraged by that. No, he just wanted to know what you look like. Sounds it, like a bad sitcom. John mm-hmm. on a yacht. Yachts that big, by the way, usually have like their own Wikipedia page and stuff. Like they have like all of the information. When it's that big of a yacht, yeah. they usually have like, oh, it was made at this date by this person, commissioned by them for this amount of money, blah, blah, mm. blah. And they usually have all that stuff. Yes, Tom. And why is it important to let us know that he's on a yacht? What, what does that say? Even though it's not his yacht, he felt the need to make sure we knew that he was on a yacht, uh, enjoying life and being around the world, like posting a Facebook picture and look how wonderful my life is and yours isn't. Well, Okay, in fairness to John on a yacht, when people call, they tell Tyler where they're calling from. And Could he say he was calling from Bermuda or, or from, uh, you know, on the high seas or whatever. But he wants to specifically make sure we knew that he was on a yacht. That's Instead, nice. he decided to be interesting, <laughs> which was really annoying. Yeah. Thursday nights at 8 on the CW, John on a yacht. God, I'm trying to help you. Right after in Todd, we trust. I, I, I... I'm trying to help know, you. Yeah, because yeah. John thinks he's so great. Yeah. Yeah, oh, what, because your life is so great because you're in a yacht, okay, and the rest of us are in the call. Oh, yeah, must be so great to be you, John. But when people call, they don't. if they're driving, they don't say, I'm in my Mercedes from uh, from Norman, Oklahoma, or something like that. No, just, just they would say Norman. that they would be calling you from Norman, Oklahoma. He was transversing, he said. Bahamas and somewhere in between. I'm Bill from Tuskegee, and I'm in my uh, Jaguar right now. I want to talk about LeBron. <laughs> seems unnecessary oh there's a lot of things unnecessary here a lot of things okay we're going to go with the analytics coming up next Steve Palazzolo from uh, Pro Football Focus will join us we'll talk to him about analytics when it comes to a two point conversion or you think it's a Walton or a Coke anyway, maybe Oprah I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out whose yacht it is I mean, it's a, it's a billionaire. It's a female billionaire. Female billionaire. Is it uh, Diane Hendricks? Is it uh, one of the Waltons? Makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. Could be uh, Melinda Gates, perhaps. Ooh. Okay. All right, Melinda, Mackenzie right. Scott. Oh, okay. Jeff Bezos, sex wife. Hey now. Yeah. Hey now. Jacqueline Mars, sweet tooth. How hey are now. you? Yeah, the Mars candy. Hey now. Hi. Hi. How are you? Just saying. You don't have to see my face. Just hear my voice. What do you think? <laughs> it's a working vacation, though. We're going to. <laughs> okay. We'll take a break here. and uh, yeah, I just can't get away. <laughs> talk some analytics with Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus. More of your phone calls as well. And I do have the hypothetical Super Bowl matchup odds. So the Lions versus the Ravens, the Niners, Ravens, Lions, Chiefs, Niners, Chiefs. I have all of that coming up next, back after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. We talk analytics coming up here in a moment. I have hypothetical Super Bowl matchup odds. If the Lions played the Ravens, what would the point spread According to DraftKings, B. Todd? Ravens by four and a half. All righty. Anybody have a different suggestion on that point spread? Could be correct. Paulie? I think I'll go five and a half. Okay. Seaton? Three and a half? Three and a half is correct. There you go. The Lions would get three and a half versus the Ravens. The Niners, if the Niners played the Ravens, who's favored and by how much, Marvin? Ravens by four and a half. The Ravens by four and a half over your Niners. Okay. Todd? I'm going to say Niners two and a half. All right. Paulie? I'm also going two and a half. All right. 
Seaton. Ravens favored uh, one and a half. Niners would be giving one and a half to the Ravens. If the Lions played the Chiefs, Seaton. Uh, let's see, Patrick Mahomes, I have the Chiefs favored 47 and a half. 47 and a half points. <laughs> okay. You're off by a little bit. Okay. What about you, Todd? I'm going to say the Chiefs would be favored by three and a half. I'm, uh, I'm going to give it to you. It's three. Okay. I'm going to give it to you because it's three. And then we'll... Uh... Or 47 and a half. The Niners against the Chiefs. Who's favored and by how much, Paul? Niners, Chiefs, uh, 49ers, one and a half. All right. Marvin? Niners by two and a half. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. Okay. We did it. I don't know what we accomplished, but... Uh, uh, it was a lot, though. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Steve Palmazzolo, head of uh, football product. Well, that sounds important. Co-host of the uh, Pro Football Focus NFL show. He crunches numbers. Always good to see you again, Steve. Walk me through the two-point conversion with the Buccaneers and how the coaches would rely on analytics to come to that decision. Yeah, so this is a, a new thing that's really come to light over the last few years. Teams, when, they, when they're down 14, they score a touchdown. They're now down 8 and they're, they, this has happened a lot more often now. It didn't happen at all six, seven, eight years ago. This year it happened a bunch where you're down eight after the touchdown and you go for two. And I know the conventional wisdom is, well, you're down 14, you go seven and seven, you're trying to tie it up. The goal is to get to overtime. But what teams are, it, what, what happened was they, when they move the field goal back, the extra point back, the rate of uh, hitting the extra point goes from like 99% to about 94, 95%. So you have far more missed extra points. And a two-point conversion, depending on how good your team is, could be about a 50-50 proposition. So basically what teams are saying is, it, let's assume overtime is a 50-50 proposition. Well, a two-point conversion is also a 50-50 proposition. When, when do you want to make that bet, basically? So a lot of teams are saying, let's do it early. Let's go for two early. And in truth is, it might be better than 50% that you're going to get that two-point conversion. And then if you do get it, you have the advantage as far as if you score again, you kick the extra point and you win. Now, all this to say, when you're down eight late in the game, you're probably going to lose anyway. Like, we're talking about minimal percentage point increases here. But we saw it with the Dolphins and the Titans on Monday Night Football. The Titans went for two, and it worked out for them, right? And they were the underdogs in that situation, and it ended up working out. So teams are just trying to increase their win probability by going for two early. So then if they do get that second touchdown, they're almost assured of the win. But I think you got to look at this you know, situation by situation, team by team, where you can't go, hey, we're going for two and we're Carolina, or we're going for two and we're the Chiefs. So does analytics factor in who's actually making the plays? Yes. So in in this particular situation, I think the math is pretty clear. No matter who the team is, going for two will ultimately give you a better opportunity. So, But like what you said with Carolina and Kansas City, the same thing applies to overtime. You know, if you're the Carolina Panthers, do you actually want to go to overtime and have both teams potentially get the ball? You're a lesser team. Do you actually want to play that out? So if you're the underdog, you're probably better off going for one play, right? Would you rather have one play to win it or have to go a whole overtime period to try to win it? So I think it, it almost it almost works out to go for it no matter what. If you're the Chiefs, 
you say, hey, I got Patrick Mahomes. We're on offense here. Of course I want one play to win it. Or if you're the Panthers, you would say, oh, I'm the Panthers. I'm not a great team. I don't want to play a whole overtime period. I'm probably going to take that one play and go for it. But, you know, we have models that, you know, to, the, to project when to go for it on fourth down, when to punt. And we do factor in who the quarterback is, the strength of the team, how well they run block, how well they run the ball, throw the ball, pass block, whatever it might be. And teams have that same information as well. They will run all that. They can't do it on the fly, obviously, with technology. They will run all of that information before the game and do their best to have that all printed out and have those situations ready so they can make that decision right right as it comes up. I Take me back to the Buffalo Bills with the fake punt. The analytics on a fake punt or just saying to Josh Allen, it's fourth and five, we're going to line up and go for it there. Are yeah, there analytics for that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. I, I, the fake punt success rate, a fourth and five is not very good. Uh, fourth and five conversion rate. I'm not sure off the top of my head what it would be with Josh Allen, but I, I'm pretty sure that's higher, especially with his ability to throw the ball, to run the ball. You'd rather have the ball um, in his hands. Um, initially, I thought it was an adjustment. I thought it was a call as far as, hey, there's 10 men on the field. They see something with the front. Most punt teams have that adjustment. It, I mean, it sounds like it came from the sideline. So um, that's Sean McDermott trying to take a chance. It's a it's a high-risk proposition, right? And it, they got kind of lucky that the Chiefs ended up fumbling. That should have ended the game, essentially. Put you know, put the Chiefs up two scores. Um, but again, you're, you're they weren't the underdog in Buffalo, but they were at that point. They're playing from behind. They they have to try to take a chance. That's why they did it. But it was always going to be a high-risk proposition. I'm wondering about gut gut feeling that when you make a decision that maybe is anti-analytics. Feels like baseball is so handicapped by analytics predicated by analytics that we've lost the gut feeling of you know what there's momentum here or we're at home or you know we're on the road whatever it might be i don't how much is factored in in decisions that are that go against the analytics yeah i mean the so the two examples i want to bring up so dan campbell on the saturday night game against the dallas cowboys he goes for two for the win and of course we know everything you know, they get the penalty and they they move back to the seven analytics absolutely says once you move back to the seven let's kick the extra point you don't have to go for two any longer that was an emotional gut decision by dan campbell that's who he is he just said we're going for it. we're going for the win i don't care where we are um obviously that one didn't work out the other thing that we hear all the time is well the spreadsheet doesn't know if my left guard's getting whooped you're not on the field and you don't know i'm the coach i got a good feel for my players and it's a fair point but again at some point you're even if it's your gut, you're doing some kind of calculation in your head, right? Like you're doing something, right? Normally I would go for it, but I'm not today because something's happened in this game. And the example I wanted to bring up was earlier this year, the Rams were down big against the Dallas Cowboys. Matthew Stafford had a thumb injury and they went for two down three scores and they ran a Philly special to Matthew Stafford. So they threw him the ball on the end around and Stafford catches it and he dives into the end zone and hurts his injured thumb even more. And it was one of those plays where the coaches often say, well, you don't know what's happening on the field. It was like this perfect example where the coach knows the quarterback has a busted thumb and he still called the play to put him in harm's way, right? So it, even though we hear that all the time, it doesn't mean the coach is going to make the best decision for the team, even if he knows the team and he's on the sideline. I didn't think that was a great call, you know, to put your quarterback in harm's way. And Stafford ended up missing the next game too, so... Um, we hear that all the time, and I think the spreadsheet's just a way to kind of like bring that back to center and quantify things. He's Steve Palazzolo joining us on behalf of Pro Football Focus. If uh, you had a vote, if everybody at Pro Football Focus had a vote for MVP, 
with just numbers. No opinion attached to this, just numbers. Who's your MVP? This is a challenging one because I think if you looked at just numbers, you're looking at Josh Allen or Dak Prescott. And I think the, the challenge with Dak Prescott is if you just looked at the numbers for 17 games, he has an MVP case. But when you look at the stories behind those games, when they came, Dak had his, he did his best work against the worst teams in the league, which is still valuable to beat up on the Giants and the Commanders and dominate those games. But when Dak had to go up against the 49ers with potentially the number one seed on the line or to go up against the Bills and in big games, Dak had his worst outing. So that was like, on paper, he might be the most valuable player, but he didn't do it at the right times. And then Josh Allen, kind of similar. Um, did it always happen at the right times? The Bills actually ran the ball better and won down the stretch without him. Um, I don't think we have any problem with Lamar Jackson winning it all, uh, but I think if you just went by the numbers, you'd look at Dak Prescott or Josh Allen. Does pro football focus have war? Do they have you know wins above replacement like baseball has? Yeah, we do, and it's um, it's tied to our grades, uh, and it and it does correlate to winning really, really high. All the be- all the ten win teams every single year they have a much higher WAR than the than the teams that win less than ten games. Um, so it is a it's a really good metric, and it and it does a nice job, I think, of isolating the value of the quarterback versus a receiver versus a safety, and you know their contribution to winning. Always great to talk to you, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the postseason. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Steve Palazzolo, he's a tall guy. Saw him at the Super Bowl. He's like 6'9", 6'10". Former minor league uh, pitcher. Now uh, joining us on behalf of Pro Football Focus. Uh, Luke in Utah. Hey, Luke, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. I just uh, I lost my pie to the face that, and about the Packers and Texans winning the Super Bowl. Yep. So I just wanted to see what kind of pie to the face I have to take. I lost it to Fritzy. All right, Fritzy, what kind of pie should Luke take to the face? I always lean towards blueberries. Okay. A little extra messy and colorful. I'd go blueberry. All right. We uh, we opt for blueberry there, Luke. Lightly heated. <laughs> extra sticky. All right. uh, Craig in Milwaukee. Hi, Craig. Hi, how are you? Great. Great. Uh, first of all, my brother Paul, one sixty-five, one seventy with the beard, five foot ten. Okay. And I just have to say, I I feel like you're very biased against Fritzy. He has a lot of good content, as you know, content is king. And I feel like Seton could say the exact same thing, and you'll just laugh at it. But Fritzy always is a doubter. But Fritzy is. Without him, I feel like there wouldn't be much of a show, to be honest. Okay. Well, thank you, Craig. We'll make sure you vote for Most Valuable Danette later on in the year. That was a paid presentation. No, and that's fine. Hey, Fritzy offers a lot of great things on this show. And he offers some things that aren't so great. The views of the calls don't reflect (laughs) I don't think anybody else has higher highs and lower lows than Todd does. It shows in the voting for the yes, most it, least Yes, valuable. it does. Yes, it does. But uh, uh, I've I've uh, been with Fritzy for over two decades. And uh, how did you pull that off? You should be like institutionalized. No, no, I'm always entertained. Sometimes frustrated, but you know, there's an entertainment factor there, and I uh, I I don't take it for granted. The like love thing. Yes, I I love you. I don't always like you. Yes, and that's fair. Yes, Paul. It's kind of like a baseball player who homers or strikes out. Like what Adam Donish. Mm. It's, it's, it's going yard 
or <laughs> you're kind of like Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. yeah. Dave Kingmanish. Yeah. Back in the but day. He hits, back in the day. He hits home runs. Yeah. Like yeah. Steve Balboni. Yeah. Yeah. He hits long home runs. But not very often. When you whip, it's a real no, no, no. stench is what's going on there. But you still get back up there. Yeah, the you do. Yeah, you do. Take a couple cuts. Yeah, you do. You always get your cuts in. Get a couple of foul tips. You never know. Maybe if you know a kid gets a souvenir out of it. Mike in Montana. Hi, Mike. <laughs> a souvenir. Hey, Mike. First time, long time. 5'10", 190. I love the show. I love every one of you guys. Thanks for entertaining me every day of my life. I want to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I saw Todd Helton was in, and, you know, he has great numbers, this and that. I get it. But I start looking into it, and it bothers me even more that Donald Arthur Mattingly has not gotten in. I think Don Mattingly, for a decade was one of the best, if not considered the best, first baseman in the league. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me, Mike, on that. You know, injuries, bad back, cut short his career. We allow that with other players in other sports, and Don Mattingly, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Um, he was, there were a couple of years where he was the best player in baseball. He was a great fielder, and uh, he was really the, you know, the core of that team. They weren't great then, and I think that hurt him. If you play in a World Series or two, maybe if he had been able to hold on for a couple of years and been a role player with the Yankees uh, when they won World Series titles, then maybe he gets in. Yes, Marv? I think also being a Yankee and not having any World Series success definitely hurts for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just think how we look at baseball players is changing of the numbers. Um you know, you may have a compiler like Adrian Beltre, uh, who was also, I think he won five gold gloves. But who is a whole, it's fame. Who has fame? Not just numbers. That, to me, is a, a unique word. It's the whole of famous, fame. And do I think Joe Maurer is a Hall of Famer? Yes. Not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is Buster Posey a first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, Adrian Beltre? I mean, that 95% of the vote? Todd Helton? Uh, you know, those are really good numbers, skewed because of Coors Field. But, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? I guess. Billy Wagner, Hall of Famer? I guess. It's just, it's different now. Everybody gets into the same building. So Joe Maurer is going to be there with Johnny Bench. Is he Johnny Bench? No, but those are, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame catchers. And it's not Joe's fault. I mean, he he was a really good player. Really good player. And stayed with one team. But, you know, also you factor in, you know, somebody will say, well, was he good with the media? <laughs> what, what does that have to do with it? Did Gary Sheffield not make it because he wasn't good with the media? I mean, that'd be a shame if you keep somebody out because... He wasn't nice to you. Barry Bonds wasn't nice to me. But would I vote against him from the standpoint of, you know, just numbers and what he did? No, I wouldn't use that against him. They're, you know, A-Rod and I don't get along. Uh, Terrell Owens and I haven't gotten along. Terrell Owens is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, A-Rod is not. 
But that's because of other things. But I wouldn't hold that against him because I didn't get along with him and vice versa. And, but you have voters who do. They'll be like, yeah, man, that guy, he's a good guy. Man, he was good with the media. Ted Williams was horrible with the media. You had guys who voted against him, who covered the Red Sox when he hit 406. <laughs> now, Grant, I think DiMaggio won it that year, which... But you, you had guys who covered the Red Sox who voted against Ted Williams because they didn't like him. I mean, you shouldn't be voting. Factor that in. Well, you know, he's got the... Yeah, I don't like him. Okay. I'm not going to vote for him. All right, let me take a break. More phone calls coming up. Update our poll results back after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Hour two poll question, Satan. Would you update the results? I sure will, Dan. Okay. Uh, let's see. Right now we've got up there, uh, are the Bucks firing first-year head coach Adrian Griffin is... Admitting a mistake or making a mistake, that 74% of the audience think that they're just admitting a mistake. That's unfortunate to have that sort of 
hung on you a little bit. Yeah, and don't even get to the All-Star break, but their window of opportunity is probably the next two years in Milwaukee. And especially because they're doing well. And you're not better than Boston. You've got to be concerned, are you going to be better than Philadelphia? I guess you always have to factor in the Miami Heat. But, you know, that's... They made this move. They went all in on Dame, and you gotta you got to win a championship, another championship here. Do you have a new poll question, uh, or is it... Uh, We're going two for hour oh, two. Oh, two for, two for two, Wednesday. Two for two. Two, two, two Wednesday, yeah. yeah. We're throwing up there. Uh, if you were Dan Orlowski, would you uh, take a coaching <laughs> job in the NFL or keep the ESPN gig? And uh, if you're a head coach, would you rely on analytics or your gut? Okay. Big topics from this weekend. Yeah. Uh, if, this hour. if I'm Orlovsky, I would certainly do it. And uh, what was the other one? No, analytics. If you said I can use it or I can't use it, then I would use it. I I just have to have a little leeway of going. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him in, or we're not gonna go for the two point conversion in this situation. Yes, Seaton. The part that I hate about just going strictly with analytics is that you, if you're the head coach. And you're like, hey, it's not my fault. The book told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's your gut, be like, yeah, I made the decision. Like, There's like a certain amount of either taking responsibility for things or passing off blame for other things. Like, hey, it's not me. The analytics said that we're supposed to do it, so I can't blame me. I hate that. Yes, yes, Paulie. I wonder if analytics works the same way on defense. Like, Based off their analytics, do they know what you're going to do now? If you have an analytics analyst on your team and you see it's fourth and two... Uh, well, we know they're going to go for it because 57% on fourth and two, you should go for it. So it gives the defense, it almost evens the playing field because it lets the defense know what the other team is going to do. Like it knows what their options are in plays, what play they're more likely to do based off of analytics. Yeah, I would think so, that you would have tendencies. But this has been going on for a long, long time of where you are on the field and what plays you call. Analytics has been around. It wasn't called analytics. It, it was just... Let's look at your tendencies. And my father worked in computers at the University of Dayton. And in 1970, 1969, 1970, he was helping the Dayton football team. And he would, he would take their tendencies or the opposition's tendency and put it into a computer. And then he would spit it out. It spit out and then he would give it to uh, John McVeigh. So this is Sean McVeigh's grandfather was the coach at Dayton. And my dad thought he could help because he could get tendencies there of third and eight uh, inside the 30. They do this. It's been around for a long, long time. It just it wasn't called anything other than, oh, tendencies. And so, yeah, I, I could imagine that you go, OK, what do they normally do? Who do they go to? What, what's their history of two point conversions? Um you know, what's Baker Mayfield like to do on two-point conversions? Does he go to his first guy? I mean, whatever it might be, I, Paulie's right. I don't think we factor in the analytics to counter the analytics. Yeah, Paul. And, and a couple times this year, the Eagles with the brotherly shove, it was, it was like 95%, 98% or something. It was converting. And didn't maybe two or three times they went with, like, they handed the ball to Swift on a reverse or Smith on a reverse. They did not go with the quarterback sneak. Yeah. That would be a coach debunking analytics. A play that's successful 90-plus times, I'm going to go with the opposite play and do a jet sweep off the same formation. That would be an example of Nick Sirianni saying, I'm going anti-analytics for the sake of surprise, I guess. Well, you also want to have that in the back of a defensive coordinator's mind of they're capable of doing this. 
a lot of it is, yeah, it's predictable until it's not predictable. Uh, you know, the Philly special. You know, were there analytics that said, hey, uh, look out for Nick Foles in the end zone. Or when Tom Brady went out for a pass. Tom, you let us down. You let us down. All us white quarterbacks, you let us down. Catch the ball. Come on. He puts his hand. <laughs> he was running his little legs off, though. <laughs> so, I, I bet if we ever have Tom back on the show, that's the play he regrets of his entire career. If he could have a do-over on one play. I don't. He doesn't have a lot of do-overs. <laughs> that would be, I think, the one he'd want back. That's a big one. The biggie. Uh, it just looked bad. <laughs> it just looked bad. All right. Two hours in the books. We have one more hour of Fritzy content coming up. Enjoy it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.